0: Welcome to the Reimagined Church Podcast with Pastor Robert Tanner. You can listen weekly on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasting. You can learn more about Reimagined Church by visiting us online at reimaginedpeople.com or by downloading our app for your Apple and Android devices. Now, let's join the service for this week's message. so we've been in this series,
1: keep it simple, stupid. It's not to be sassy, not to be offensive to anybody, but sometimes if you're like me, I realize the idiot factor just kind of took over and I do stupid things. And, and sometimes I make the relationship I have with the Lord a little bit more difficult than he wanted it to be because we're trying to keep rules. We're trying to keep regulations, all right? And there's nothing wrong with rules. There's nothing wrong with righteousness. As I said earlier, you heard me, we first started the service this morning. But righteous living comes out of right relationship, all right? Not the other way around. You don't live righteously so that you can have relationship, all right? Jesus went to the cross while you and I were still sinners so that he could establish the relationship with us and then start to work through us and start to perform perfect within us who he wants us to be. So we're in this series, Keep It Simple Stupid. For those of you who haven't been here, what this is about is we're going through the Ten Commandments one by one, and we're talking about the principle behind each commandment. Because so many of us, so many believers and non-believers think that the Ten Commandments are a bunch of rules because God does not want us to have fun, and that's not the case, The Ten Commandments all have principles behind them that if we live by them are going to enhance our relationship with God and with people. And that's the purpose of them. The example I gave before was that we, as parents, we set rules for our children. We tell them you will not play in the street. You will play in the yard. It's not because we know that playing in the street is more fun and we want to rob them from the fun. We're trying to keep them safe and out of harm's way. It's the same principle that the Lord gives us the commands for. They're not to restrict us. They're actually to give us more freedom so that we're not in trouble. So the principle this week we're talking about behind the fourth commandment, this is called the rest principle. Rest, like take a break, chill out. But I call it the rest principle. By the way, this command is the longest of the commandments, out of the 10 commandments. God talks about this one it has more to say about it than he does the other nine. And I don't think most of us realize that. Exodus 20 verses 8 through 10. And yes, by the way, side note here. I told you last week I got new glasses and they're bifocals. If you have bifocals, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, all right. I hate them. I loathe bifocals, okay? And I realized that if I don't wear them, I can see my notes fine, and y'all are just kind of a fuzzy haze, but I wanna see y'all as well. So be patient with me as you see me doing this. I've, I've just gotta train myself to do this. So if, I'm, if I pause because I'm trying to find where the notes are, you'll know why, okay? Um, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not tweaking, okay, just, just so you know. <laughs> Exodus, <laughs> People of the past know what I meant when I said tweak. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your emails. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle... Don't put even the donkey to work, don't put the cow to work, nor your stranger who is within your gates. And then he gives in verse 11 the reason why. Four, in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In other words, he made it holy, he set it apart. It's to be set apart. So remember, we don't keep the 10 commandments in order to be saved. We're saved by grace, but there's blessings for us when we keep the commands and consequences for us when we don't. Here's what I think is really amazing about the fourth command about keeping the Sabbath. It seems that believers today, we believe we should keep nine of the 10 commandments, but we don't have to keep this one. We don't have to keep this one. Let's think about this. Um, we believe that God should be first in our life, that we shouldn't have any other gods, right? And we believe we shouldn't have any idols. That's the second one, don't have any other idols. Is that right? And then the third one we talked about last week was that we shouldn't use his name in vain. We all agree we shouldn't do that. And then there's this verse, okay, and this, this, this command as well about the Sabbath and we're talking about it. But then we also believe we should honor our mother and father. I mean, this, this culture today, there's not a lot of that going on. But most of us in here probably think that, yeah, we, we should do that. We should honor our mother and father. Uh, we also believe that we shouldn't, we shouldn't lie, correct? We believe that. Uh, we believe we shouldn't steal, right? We believe that we shouldn't commit adultery, right? And we also believe that we shouldn't murder. We all agree with that, right? We, 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 none of us have any problem with that. Let me ask you something. Why do we believe then that this is the only one we don't have to keep, why do we all agree that we should keep the other nine, but we won't agree that we should keep this one? Well, I believe that we should, and I'm going to give you some reasons why and the principles why God gives us this principle of rest. So I got three points for you. Again, surprise, surprise. Now, first point actually has two. It has two subpoints to it. So with three points, but the first one has two subpoints. Okay, here's number one. There are reasons God said to rest. The reasons God said the rest. First of all, it gives God the opportunity to provide for you and I supernaturally. It gives him the opportunity to provide for you and I supernaturally. When we don't work seven days a week, God provides for us supernaturally. Please hear this. It's the same principle as the tithe. The tithe. You will live better and do more on 90% than you will on 100%. It's the same principle. You will do better working six days a week and not the seventh one. Not the seventh one. Exodus 16, 23. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains. To, to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink nor were there any worms in it. Okay, so remember, they started gathering up manna. Now the command for them was that they could gather up everything that they needed for that day. And what God is telling them is on the sixth day, you can gather up twice as much that you need because I'm gonna provide twice as much for what you need on the sixth day so you don't need it on the, on the Sabbath day. Does that make sense? I'm gonna give you this much for five days. On the sixth day, I'm gonna give you double so you don't have to work and do anything on the Sabbath. But here's what happened. They began to collect more than what they needed because they were afraid they weren't gonna have enough. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, it's, again, it's the same principle The tithe. People, they kept the 10% because they didn't really believe God was gonna provide That's what happens for many of us. We don't believe God's going to provide for us if we give him that 10% because we think we are our own provider and God is not. It's the same principle with the Sabbath. We don't really believe that we can get everything done that we need to do and that we should rest on the seventh day because we think that somehow or other we're not going to have everything that we need. Well, they started doing the same thing. They weren't thinking, well, yeah, I, I know he said that, but just in case, let's get more. Well, on that day, on the seventh day, or when they would collect on the, on the, the sixth, if they got more than what they needed for the seventh, it was going to rot and start to stink. So it, it, it turned against them in the first place. So this is what was going on. Verse 25 says, then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today, you will will not find it in the field. Okay, I want you to look at me for just a minute. God just said to you the same thing he said to them. If you're gonna do this on the seventh day, you're not gonna find it. If you are not taking a Sabbath rest, what you're trying to accomplish, you're gonna be spinning your wheels in the mud. You're not gonna get what you're looking for. That's That's one of the consequences. It's gonna be wasted effort. Because you're not going to get what you need from it. You're going to find provision for me. This is what he's telling them. For the seventh day, you're going to find it on the sixth day. But you're not going to find it on the seventh. Verse 26. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. He's telling us the same thing. This is still a principle that's true today as it was then. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. Go figure. You're not gonna find any. I'm telling you, you're not gonna find any. They go out, and what did they find? None. Isn't that amazing? What God said was actually true. Wow. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Verses 29 and 30. See, for the Lord has given you, okay, listen, has given you. The Sabbath is a gift from God. It's a gift. He's given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Okay, now you need to remember these 10 commandments are in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 25. In Exodus, he uses the word remember. In Deuteronomy, he uses the word observe. Jewish people do both. They remember and they observe, okay? So they remember cognitively, oh yeah, that's right, and then they observe, they do it. They don't just think, yeah, it's a good thing. They actually put it into practice, But here's what he's trying to get them to remember. And here's what you need to remember as well. All right, slaves, slaves don't get a day off. Wealthy people do, royalty do, slaves don't. But who are you and I? We're not slaves. We're sons and daughters of a king. So you and I get that day off. And that's what he's trying to remember them. See, you and I are slaves all week long aren't we? We're a slave to schedules. We're a slave to appointments. We're a slave to commitments. We're a slave to having to find provision. We're, and some of us, depending upon where you work, you're a slave to work. <laughs> some of you are going, oh yeah, huh? I was talking to somebody yesterday about a job change that they had, and they were just like really excited. And I know why, because I've heard the stories about their previous employer. Okay? It feels like slavery sometimes, doesn't it? And the Lord is trying to tell us, I'm giving you a gift, because I'm the king, and this is what I do for my children. And again, remember the principle of the tithing. It's the same principle that we're talking about here. You're going to do more in six days than you're going to do in seven. Now, here's something really interesting. Fast food restaurants. Out of all the fast food restaurants, there's only one that closes on the Sabbath, and, matter of fact, they actually have in their employee handbook that they do not open on the Sabbath because they want to give their employees a day of rest and Sabbath to worship. Okay, that's Chick fil A. Okay, so here's the thing all the others are open. The average fast food restaurant nets, or grosses, I should say, around $1 million a year. So each McDonald's, each Taco Bell, each Burger King, that's about where it is, all right? Chick-fil-A grosses each store an average of five million a year. And they're closed on the busiest day of the week for restaurants. I hope you heard what I was just sharing with you because I'm not getting much response, okay? They close on the Sabbath and recognize the reason for the Sabbath, and they're public about it. They said, this is why we're going to do this. And they make five times as much as the others who don't recognize the Sabbath. All right, is it possible, this just came to my mind, is it possible they're losing 80%? It's spoiling because they're trying to collect it on the Sabbath. The principle is still true for you and I today. But that's what they do. Okay, here's the second part of, of, of point number one. It gives the opportunity to rest and be refreshed. It gives the opportunity to rest and be refreshed. Exodus 31, verses 14 through 17. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. In other words, Remember, it's set aside to you. "'Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. "'For everyone who does any work on it, "'that person shall be cut off from among his people. "'Work shall be done for six days, "'but the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. "'Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, "'he shall surely be put to death.'" Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual forever. This doesn't end with the New Testament. It's a perpetual, it's a forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was. Refreshed. Okay, so in Israel, commerce all stopped with the rest of the world on the seventh day. They did no commerce with the rest of the world. Here's one of the things that came out of it. It was a way for them to actually witness because the rest of the world was saying, hey, we wanna do some trading, and they're saying, nope, not today because it's our Sabbath. What do you mean it's a Sabbath? Well, this is the day, and they would tell their testimony. This is the day we actually go and to reimagine church and we learn a new song and, and we to sing to the Lord and we hear a message and we just, we celebrate what the Lord has done with us. It's sort of a party time. And then that leads into going, well, reimagine church. What, do, what, do you mean? what does reimagine mean? See what I'm talking about? We've talked about this before, hasn't it? It opens doors for you. Your, your employer needs to hear your testimony. I encourage people all the time when they're going for a new job and many won't do this but the ones that do will find out how easily their employees will say, okay. But I've, 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 I've always, always told our kids, when you go for a job, let them know you won't work on the Sabbath. And most people are afraid, well, how do we do that? I'm not gonna get the job. And I granted, we know there are some jobs that sit there and say, you have to be able to will and work. Well, then maybe you have to make the choice. That's not where the Lord wants you working. Lord, I'm gonna honor you and your command. And when I decide I'm gonna honor him, and, and, and the gift, the free gift that he's given me, guess what he's probably going to do in return? He's probably gonna provide for you and honor you. I'm not gonna embarrass him. It just, it just dawned on me. There's somebody this last year that I know they waited an extra few months for a job that they needed because they would not work on the Sabbath. They honored that. And now they got a job. They were just telling me yesterday, I love my job. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good gig for me. That, to me, that's worth it. I would rather have a job that I love because I kept the Sabbath than getting a job that I don't love and I'm kind of regretting, but well, you know, it pays me what I want. You've heard of something called job satisfaction. This word, I refreshed, by the way, it simply means took a breath. God took a breath. Think about this what he'd been doing for the previous six days. You've been creating. All right. Nowhere in scripture will you find God creating and waving his hand. Let there be, let there be, thou shalt. He doesn't do any of that. He speaks. Every time God speaks, he creates. What happens when you breathe, when you talk, when you speak? Do you ever notice, you ever think about it? Put, put your hand in front of your mouth right so you can feel your breath and just say a word. You feel your breath coming out. You can't inhale while a word is coming out. See, when God is speaking, when words are coming out of his mouth, he's creating something. If he's not creating something into existence, every time he speaks over you, he's speaking blessing over you. Every time he thinks of you and utters a word, there's something that's being created in you. It's a healing that's coming to you, a revelation that's coming to you. I hope, you're, I hope you love that because he's got a lot to say about each one of us. And every time he speaks, something's happening, but he never, he never does this. It's his nature. He refreshed himself. You know what he did on that seventh day? He went, <sighs> just took a breath. Just took a breath. Here's point number two. There's consequences when we don't rest. There's consequences when we don't Rest. Numbers 15, verses 32 through 34. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man, listen to this, gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard for gathering sticks because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. That's pretty severe for gathering sticks. I mean, is it not? There's there's four, maybe five ceremonial things. I mean, for us, it's kind of funny, all right? Well, man, too bad they didn't have the U.S. Constitution, right? right? Violating his civil rights, you stick gatherer, you. But there were four, maybe five ceremonial things in the Old Testament that would actually result in death. One was murder. We're talking about this one, not keeping the Sabbath. The other, another one was adultery. Here's a, here's the ones go, rebellious children. <laughs> Remember that next time your kids get out of hand. <laughs> Listen, pal, if this is the Old Testament, you'd be dead by now. Okay? I'm not. I don't. I, I don't think they're saying that downstairs right now. But you, you with me? <laughs> okay. Uh, pretty severe stuff. Do you think God is serious? About all of his commands, yeah, he is. And I'm trying to convey to you, you and I need to be serious about it too. But remember, there's a, this is just a principle behind each one of these commands is what we've been talking about, right? Or right, so. What's the principle behind this? Let me ask you something. Are you putting yourself to death? Are you working so hard you can't function or even think right? Are, let me put this one. Are you killing your marriage because you're not ministering to your family and your wife the way you need to be? Are you working so hard that you're, you're having heart palpitations you're, you're under stress and anxiety because you're constantly wondering and thinking, if I don't work on the Sabbath, if I don't do this, my business is gonna fail or I can't pay this bill or I can't pay that bill. All, here, all I'm trying to tell you is some of you may be working yourself into an early grave because you won't take a free gift. Hello? Hello? Second Chronicles 36.20. Now, in this, the context here is they had been taken out of the land. The Jewish people had been removed from the land for 70 years. Here, here's what it says. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons. This is referring to Nebuchadnezzar. Until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed. Okay, listen. Listen. They had been taken out so that the land can enjoy her Sabbaths. The land. The soil. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill her seven years. Okay, so I said, remember, they were in captivity for seven years. Now, if you do the math, and they had to, let, they had to give the, the land a break, they couldn't, they couldn't use that land once every seven years. They'd been taken out Of the land for 70 years, a year for each Sabbath. Now, do the math on this. They hadn't been keeping, they hadn't been giving the land a break for 490 years. Let me ask you something. Do you think if you don't do something for 490 years, you might start to think you're getting away with it? You're not getting away with it. You might be thinking, I don't need the Sabbath, and that's okay, I'll get away with it. You're not getting away with it. Now think about this again. This is the land. He's giving the land, if he's giving the land a break in a Sabbath, how much more do you think he's caring about you taking a Sabbath? Probably a lot. There are consequences, There are consequences. And I don't want any of us suffering consequences because we won't receive a free gift. And you know it's amazing to me? Especially as Americans, man, we love free stuff. We love free stuff. During COVID, we got free handouts from the government. I got something this last week. It was a little coupon thing from Arby's telling me if I buy a sandwich, I'm gonna get another one just like it for free. I immediately wanted a roast beef with horseradish sandwich because it wasn't A, it was them. I like free stuff. It was amazing how we will run for everything free we can get. I bought a vehicle one time on credit because it was interest-free. It was actually a smart thing to do. But that was was part of my motivation. I heard, interest-free? Did I need the vehicle? Nope. But I got it interest-free. Don't don't forget, it still costs me $690 a month in payment. (laughs) But I got something free. Why is it we, you and I, are so conditioned to free, and we love free stuff, hopefully some free tuition for some college students. I'll go to that college. I want that one. Free, free but we won't take a free break. Listen, how many of you ever applied for a job and you found out that you got a vacation paid for at least once a, one week out of the year, two weeks out of the year? It changes from state to state. I know out West, there's hardly any jobs that don't start you out at least two weeks of vacation each year, plus 11 holidays. You get all the holidays, so you add all that up and you sit here and figure, well, gosh, Five days of work week, that's two more weeks. That's basically a month of time off. You're getting paid to have a free day off from work. Sign us up, right? Uh, One of the jobs that I had by the time I left it, it was four weeks of vacation each year on top of all of the holidays I got. Dummy me left the job, okay? I was thinking other things. But you and I won't take a free vacation Every week. But we'll look for employers who will give us multiple days throughout the year. Like can I tell you something? There's no employer that's going to give you 50 days, 52 days a year, day off. The Lord just gave you something. I, I hope you hear what I'm saying. I hope you hear this. It's very simple. We're not, again, this is not rocket science. We're not splitting atoms here. We just have to think about this. All right, here's point number three. There are blessings when we rest. Okay, here's the good news. There's blessings. There's blessings. I want you to see this principle here in Mark chapter two, verses 23 through 26. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, this is referring to Jesus, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, Why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those with him, how he went to the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which was not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. Verses 27 and 28. And he, Jesus, said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not the man for Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Again, he's telling them, hey, the the Sabbath, you weren't created for it, it was created for you. See, the, the Pharisees were so fearful of, of breaking the rules, they put these parameters around people and they told them, you, you couldn't even walk too far in the day. I, I don't know, I can't remember right now what it was. I should have looked it up. There was, when you were going for a walk on the Sabbath, you could only walk so far and that was it, you were done. Because they didn't want you Traveling. So again, I want you to think about this because how crazy we are today sometimes too when we have rules and we figure out ways around them. So what some of the people would do is they would take a a fold-up chair with them. They would walk that distance, fold out the chair and sit there and rest for a while. Pick it back up and then they would continue and sit and rest. They were trying to find all these ways around things. But they were, they were, they were so afraid of violating the law. Remember, I told you earlier that righteousness comes from right relationship and not from right living? And this is what Jesus is trying to tell them. This is one of the issues. Remember, the Pharisees, they get a bad rap from us all the time. We talk a lot of smack about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but they were the most conservative people of the day. They were keeping the law to a fault. And it was putting them and other people in bondage. That was the issue that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It wasn't sin in their life. They were good. I mean, listen, listen. Pharisees, they had, listen to this, the first five books of the Bible memorized, word for word, including Leviticus, I realize it's not as much as you and I have memorized. They they knew the rules. But they didn't here's what they, they were missing the relationship. They were missing the principle behind the rules. It was to enhance the relationship. It was to make them want to be with God. It was was so that he could be with them, not not want to be with them. He wanted to be with them, but he wanted them to want to be with him in right relationship so he could continue to bless him. Because remember, every time he says something, every time he speaks, he's creating. And he wanted to create life life and blessing into them and they were putting they were pulling themselves out of right relationship because keeping the rules so that everybody else would know they were keeping the rules was more important than keeping relationship so okay so why do I read this to you <laughs> i'm having to come back to my notes now because everything i just said wasn't in there okay because I want to show you something about God. He's not legalistic. He's not legalistic about this. Again, he's saying, listen, you weren't made to, to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to serve you. It was made to serve you. This is, this is for your benefit. By the way, who, who created seven days? God did. Well, why did he create seven? How, couldn't he, how come he couldn't have just created six days and then started the process all over again? He specifically put the extra day in there to rest, not to work. If he wanted you working and you needed to work, he would have just given us a six-day week. Again, this, sometimes we just have to think through things. We just have to process And by the way, did you know that sometimes you can process and ask something from the Lord and he can answer you and you don't have to go to a pastor to get the answer? (sighs) Now, I can tell you that the Lord is never going to give you something that's contrary to the rest of his his word, okay? Because there are some people, I've heard some people, I don't need to go to church, it's just about, you know, it's me and God. All right? And it's like, well, first of all, it's contrary to the rest of his word because he doesn't think it's just you and him, okay? He thinks it's about you, him, and everybody else. <laughs> We're in a relationship with each other. But he came up with that seven-day work or seven-day week so that you and I can have a day of rest. He specifically built rest into your life, that free gift, that free gift. By the way, there's this Jewish saying that actually says it says more than israel kept the sabbath the sabbath has kept israel more than israel has kept the sabbath it kept israel in other words it's blessed israel and israel needed this desperately desperately now for me again i'm gonna rehearse this you've been here for the time you know that Fridays are my Sabbath. Now remember, we're talking about a principle. We're talking about a day of rest, all right? So the day of rest for me is not the same as it is for you. Because I jokingly say sometimes, in case you haven't noticed it, on Sundays, I work, okay? And I get up, at my, my work day starts at five o'clock in the morning, and I go, usually by the time when we're out of here, it's about one o'clock in the afternoon by the time we closed up, okay? So I put in about seven hours. So Fridays is my Sabbath day, the Sabbath is not about a specific day, in other words, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. It's what is it for you? It's gotta be one of them, one of them. And I'm not gonna take the time to go, why do some churches, you know, the Jews have Saturday and Seventh-day Adventists do Saturday and other people do Sunday. Listen, I can tell you right now it has nothing to do with because the law says it, all right? Well, okay, let me go ahead and just take a minute here. The reason why Christians did it in the early centuries is because most Christians were converted Jews, so they were going to synagogue on Saturday, and then they would gather together as Christians on Sundays, and that's what got it started. Very simple. Very simple. Okay. Uh, now, other people, they'll, they'll get, well, no, it needs to be because that was what the Bible said. And uh, again, I'm trying to tell you, they're, just, they're, mis, they're misunderstanding the purpose of the Sabbath. It's not about a rule, God wants you to rest. He just wants you to rest. I have had people ask me, I've heard other people ask other pastors, I've heard other pastors talk about this too. Okay, so what do you do on your Sabbath? That's the wrong question. The question should be, what do I not do on my Sabbath? Here's what I don't do on my Sabbath. I don't write messages for Sunday. I don't study my notes for Sunday. I don't answer phone calls. I don't answer emails, okay? Um, Not to make this sound too bad, I try to avoid talking about any of you. (laughs) I usually fail at that. And and this is one part with Julie and I, it's kind of funny because sometimes we will start talking about one of you. How we saw some victory in this person's life and we're celebrating that. But you know what happens as soon as we do that? We start talking about what the Lord's done to you. It's like Then we start talking about, well, guess what else the Lord has done in somebody else at Reimagined Church and look what he's done at the church. All of a sudden it just, so we, we do that. What, what happens, we'll, we'll start talking about something and she'll go, okay, okay, let, let's finish this conversation and then change the channel. Okay? Because if we don't, because we love watching what the Lord has done, we will talk about it. But that is part of our, the work that we do. And yes, we need a break from that sometimes too. Again, I'm a son before I'm a pastor. And my dad wants me to take a break from doing the job. So it's, it's what I don't do. And I would encourage you if you want at some point not to dump a bunch of work, extra work and conversation on, on Pastor Chris, but he's, he's been reading some stuff he was sharing with us this morning as he's finishing up his licensing process and he's, the Lord is really speaking to him about this, this whole Sabbath thing, okay? And again, it's not about legalism. It's about you resting. The Lord wants you to take a rest because it might be killing you. All right, so... Now, don't get mad at me. I'm going to give you an example here. But I have had people ask me to do things on my Sabbath. I've had ministry leaders knowing it's my Sabbath. Can you come, can you do this on your Sabbath? They know it's my Sabbath. I'm like, why don't you just ask me to commit to adultery too? You're asking asking me to break this command. Why don't you just ask me to commit murder as well? And that's ministry leaders who won't get this principle, the Sabbath, because they think that's one of that's the one out of the ten that I, I can break that one. You can break it, Pastor, because and and then they'll give they'll give some spiritual reason for it. It's kingdom work. Well, here's the problem: the head of the kingdom says, "Don't work on your Sabbath." That's kingdom work too. And it's part of my testimony to other people as well that it's okay for you, whether you're a pastor or not, to take a stinking break. Minister to yourself. I, 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 I had a ministry leader not that long ago tell me they don't need a Sabbath because that's a season they're in right now and they get it. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Because the ministry that you have, if you keep abusing it, and if you keep abusing your family, and if you keep abusing yourself, the Lord will take it from you so you can't use the tool to abuse yourself and other people. That's what I wanted to say, but I knew it was not gonna be received well. Pastors and ministry leaders are not exempt from the command. They should be living it out. They should be manifesting it in their own lives to encourage the people that they minister to keep the Sabbath for your health sake so you don't die. You don't die and you don't kill other parts of your relationship of your life. Like I said earlier, with your spouse, with your children. There's things that are depending upon you just for life. And your children need your attention more than they need your money. And by the way, you can give your children lots of attention and not spend 10 cents. They're going to try to get you to spend $10. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can sit down and give them attention about it. Well, pay attention, son. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. All right. But again, a, a simple question. Why do we think that this is the only command we can break? I don't get that. And if one of you has the answer, please enlighten me after the service. Y'all following me? So So again, why, why would we break this one, but not the rest of them? There's a video I tried to find. I used it last time I gave this message. I actually called down to Gateway Church and asked them if they could provide the video for it. And uh, they basically, it's been so long now since since Robert Morris preached this message himself, I guess they they purged their stuff. But he gave a, in this video, it's just a couple minutes long, but he talks about how he had gone through this season uh, where he had just been in, you know, talk, I, I told you earlier about ministry leaders I've recently talked to. Well, he had, he had decided not to keep the Sabbath for a while because he had a very fast growing, I mean, his church was growing at one point so fast they were hiring hiring eight new pastors a month okay literally in one year i think their church grew like 15,000 people in one year tremendous amount of pressure tremendous amount of ministry going on well because he needed to shepherd the flock he wasn't taking his sabbath and one day he had gotten back from uh, I think he'd gone to, he'd, he had all these messages that he was speaking out at other churches and then he came back and did the five messages his weekend. But this has been going on at his church and been going on for quite a while. And one day, he, um, he's, he gets out of the shower, he goes into the bedroom, he opens up his drawer, his underwear drawer, and there's one pair of underwear in there and he said, he said I just stopped and and I just uh, I just looked at it and I was like, what am I going to wear tomorrow? You know, forgetting he could go to Walmart and buy 14 of them for, you know, two dollars 98 right? Or just wash some. But he just, he, he, he couldn't think. He was just, it, he said, I actually sat down on the floor and just started crying. Because if he used that pair, what was he going to wear tomorrow? He couldn't think about what you and I would think is the obvious. So he actually reaches out to another pastor by the name of Todd Lane there at Gateway Church and says, and asked him to meet with you, said, Todd, he said, Todd, he said, I'm going crazy. And he, he just explains to Todd everything that's been going on. Todd goes, you're not going crazy. You need a break. You need a break. So they put him on a 60-day sabbatical. It was day 56. He said, I woke up that day. He said, it was like, the world was just changed. And he said, in my prayer time, the Lord, he's like, Father, he said, I don't understand why I feel so good today. I wasn't feeling this way yesterday. Today, I feel like I'm just a new man. And the Lord said, well, what day is it? And he, he already knew, he, said, he immediately said it was day 56 because he knew he's only four days away from his 60 days, so he rattled a number right off. And the Lord said, uh-huh. And he said, how many weeks has it been since you Sabbathed? And he already knew the answer to that too. It had been 56 weeks. And he said, Lord, he said, I owed you 56 Sabbaths. He said, the Lord just kind of laughed. said, no, you don't owe me 56 Sabbaths. You owe you 56 Sabbaths. The Lord cares. But God gives us a day off. And can I just be honest with you? If you're not taking it, there's a root there on why you're not taking it. And it's because you don't trust Him. And you just might be killing yourself. If you are working seven days a week, very simple principle. Would you be a favor? Why don't you stand up with me? I'm going to pray for each one of you, obviously. May I ask you to do the same thing I do every single week? As we're praying, I just want you to just hold your hands out and ask the Lord. And all this, by the way, this isn't a religious thing. It's just a, it's just a, 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 a gesture of, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to receive what you're saying to me. Has anybody ever given you a gift or anything, Hand you something and you put your hand out, right? It's, you're doing the same thing. You're just putting your hand out. But I want you to ask, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? And don't argue with him. Don't, yeah, but, don't do, don't do that. Hear what he says, and then you have to make a decision on how you're gonna respond. But just listen to him, because he's not gonna make you do anything. Remember, a bruised reed, I mean, a broken reed, he will not bruise. He's gonna let you make your choices. But just ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And Father, as I'm praying and they're asking that question, Lord, I know that so many people struggle in this area because especially in the time when our economy seems to be struggling, and if you turn on the radio, you listen to any news source, everybody's talking to you about the economic collapse that might be coming. Fear, 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 fear. But you haven't given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a sound mind. You've given us the ability to trust. And that's what we hold on to. Because Lord, we know the economy. We know whoever the president is, whatever party is it, is not our provider. The Congress is not our provider. Our employer is not our provider. Father, you are our provider. So Lord, all the things that we'll do to excuse away taking the free gift, but yet we'll look for the coupons to come in the mail to say Free. Lord, I just, I pray everybody here right now will come to the the confident conviction in their mind and in their heart that you will provide abundantly, exceedingly, pressed down, shaken, and overflowing in their life if they'll simply trust you and rest in you. I pray that for every single person here. As we close out this this service right now, if anybody's going to need prayer afterwards, feel free to come pray prayer for anything. But if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then everything I talked about today is kind of, it's good stuff, but it's going to get kind of lost in the weeds until you come into right relationship. And maybe you've asked him in your heart before, but somehow rather life came along and kind of stole your joy and kind of stole your focus and and, and you kind of got tangled up in your thinking, maybe some things in the way that you live. Lord. But if that's you, there's no better day than today than to step into his peace and his joy and of course his rest. So I'm gonna encourage you to come up if that's you. Let somebody pray with you. We're not gonna call you out. We're not gonna ask you to preach next Sunday. but we want to speak into your life. We want to start the journey with you so that you can learn these principles that are going to enhance your relationship with God and with everybody else around you, whether they're believers or not. But Father, I pray for blessing for everybody in here right now as we leave for the day. Lord, I pray for traveling mercies, Father. I pray that right now as people get ready to come up for a prayer, Father, if they need physical healing, that you're, you, we know that you've already made the provision for it on the cross, but Lord, we're asking you to activate the provision now here in this service for people who need physical healing, for people who need jobs, for people who need financial help, Lord, that you will bless them in a way that people will know it's coming from your hand. It's supernatural because you, your blessing is supernaturally. Father, you're going to spread your super all over everything that's natural around us. But Lord, I pray for that. And for those who need to know you, who you've desperately trying to get their attention, Father, I pray that they will respond right now. They won't listen to any voices that say, eh, maybe not now, not this time. You have other days because we don't know if we have other days. We don't know if we have till 3 p.m. this afternoon. Lord, I pray that you will move on those hearts, move on those people's thinking, so that they'll respond to you in Jesus name and everybody said amen so I'm going to have some people up available to pray for if you want prayer for anything please come up and get prayer again if you're a visitor please fill out a connection card and bring it to us so we can actually give you a gift folks have a blessed week thank you for being
0: here thank you so much for joining us we would like to ask you a simple question what has God spoken to you today and how would he have you respond we would sure love to hear from you You can reach out to us with your prayer requests, your comments, or your questions at reimaginepeople.com and by clicking the Connect tab. We would also like to invite you to join us again next week for another encouraging and inspirational message from Reimagine Church.